0: This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Reimagine Law. Now, we often talk about the career path of being a barrister, but one thing we haven't delved into in any of these episodes really is the role of a clerk. Now, this is an important role which both supports and enables barristers to practice. And of course, a barrister's clerk deals with such a range of different stakeholders in the legal world: solicitors, courts, and of course, the barristers in a set of chambers themselves. Um, so, we're here today to talk about this unique topic.
1: And it's great to talk, as you say, friend, about this this side of the role and career path that is practice management. You know, I've, I've known this in the solicitors' world, but here we're talking about the the world of of the of the world of the barrister and and the um and the chambers so we're really delighted to be joined today by three clerks all at different career stages who are going to share some of their experiences and talk around some of the themes and topics um just to guide you as listeners as you know how this might be interesting as a career path and the opportunities here as well. So first of all, welcome to William Harris. William was a clerk for 35 years, 25 of those uh, years being as a senior clerk in a London set of chambers. So Bill, great to have you with us and welcome. Thank
2: you very much, Nigel.
1: And we're also joined by Poppy Madsen and Casey and Myrie, who are both assistant practice managers at 15 New Bridge Street Chambers, a barrister set in London, working in the area of criminal law. So, welcome to you both, uh, Poppy and Casey. Great to have you with us. Hi, Nigel. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nigel. Let's start with what is clerking and what is a clerk? A clerk
3: is someone that is kind of in, not in control, but deals with a barrister's professional kind of work life, working career. Um, so, in our chambers, we've got 60 barristers who, you know, we we decide what cases they do, where they go, help them out with. Their whole professional career, basically, um, we get calls from either solicitors or the Crown Prosecution Service, and they call us with the first port of call um, if they've got any kind of case anywhere, and you know they give us the details of it, and based on what they say, who they, you know, what the charge is, how serious it is, whereabouts it is um we then look at our kind of body of barristers and kind of decide which one is the best fit for that particular case
1: well that's interesting poppy so one thing that struck me already from the way you've described it is there's very much an external facing part to your role as well as an internal facing part so you're you're managing a lot of stakeholders you say it's like the flow of the flow of cases coming towards the barristers uh, chambers but also then your internal role and internal management of all your team as well
3: yeah, no, it definitely is um, making sure that your barristers are happy with their body of work, where they're going, what kind of cases they're doing and also balancing you know, the needs and the requirements from your instructing solicitors or even new solicitors and also the Crown Prosecution Service. So it's just kind of trying to balance that, making sure everyone is happy.
1: Yeah and and the, now there's a, there's a challenge I can imagine already mm. having, having gone through there and Bill as well so you 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 know your previous roles including at a senior level as a senior clerk you know, looking back on those roles Bill and thinking about what you were responsible for at each level I mean Poppy's already highlighted the stakeholder point anything that particular sticks in your memory in terms of
2: challenges you had or things you had to manage that you particularly think about now? Well apart from barristers personal lives which is always a great challenge and I'm being serious on that as well Um, but in terms of the senior role um, at the senior level in what you were doing um, you were basically implementing policy different change of direction for chambers potentially um, attracting different clients into chambers if your work wanted to go in a different route or you know if you didn't want to do one discipline you wanted to do more than one discipline say crime and employment and mm. um, how you would market that people so you were really trying to market the business look after the business but it's also an individual thing as well where the all barristers are completely different so yeah. it's managing um them as well as the business and trying to attract new business in a cha- into a chamber. So it's obviously it's different to, from, from a junior clerk's perspective, but having been a junior clerk prior to that, I fully understand what Miguels was are saying, and that's what correctly you have to do. So, um, yeah, it was more the management business structure and mm-hmm. um, how we could beat our competition out there was uh, from a senior role.
1: I would say. And also what I heard you say there was also a little bit about thinking about their skills and almost their career path a bit, Bill. And as you say, where they wanted to develop their careers, which I think Poppy and Casey mentioned too.
2: Yeah, there was that very much so. And there was also times when you had to tell a barrister it probably wouldn't be a good idea to go that route (laughs) because you thought they had no personal skills on going that particular route and they wouldn't be any good at it. So how you say that to someone is sometimes um, a delicate thing. So it works both ways. Um, Also, if the work is not in chambers, but they expect to be given opportunities in that field, um, again, it's part of the senior role that you develop and work on. Correct time. Yeah.
1: So giving them feedback as well.
0: Bill, <laughs> can I just delve into something a little bit more with you? So you've got this um concept where you've got self-employed barristers in a set of chambers and the clerks are obviously employed. And um, am I right that there's this sort of slight tension that happens in that the um the head of chambers who is self-employed is effectively managing the clerking team and well, the senior clerk. Um, but then the clerks are also servicing the barristers who are their employers um, and giving them work. So can you mm. talk to us a bit more about that that
2: tension? I wouldn't say it's a tension, but it's a strange oddity. How many people... I would say I was in control of all the barristers when I was the senior clerk in my prime, but I was employed by them. They paid my wages. Yeah. So how do, am I the boss of them? If they're employing me, they could sack me tomorrow and... Basically, I'm telling them where they're going each day, how much they're going to earn each day, or, you know, what cases they're doing. Um, it's a it's a very unique position to be in, and one that a lot of people can't get their head around. Even um, the head of chambers, who is ultimately, I, I guess, uh, the senior clerk's boss, he would still come to me and look for work. Oh, what's going on, Bill? I'm quiet in there. I'm blah, blah, blah. You know, beg, borrow, and still try and get a brief off his clerk. So it was always a... a a, a strange relationship with the barrister and senior clerk. And you've also got a counter in the fact that years ago, it probably still is today, I don't know, but the senior clerk earned as much as the silks and more than 95% of the barristers. So, again, that's a that's a strange one. Um, who's the boss? Who's not? Who's employed? Who's not? We could talk about that forever, but it, it was fascinating. But it was a role that, um, you, you know, you, you got used to and you developed – And hopefully um, they done well as well in the end, um, you know, through your choices and your career path for them. And, you know, with your contacts and expertise, you develop them into successful barristers. You played a key role, hopefully.
1: That's really interesting, Bill, Fran, what I was going to do is throw in a thought almost from my solicitor world that I know better and just say, Bill, what you just described, so many managing partners in law firms describe something very similar. They say, well, I'm elected to be in charge of the other partners and be the managing partner, but actually I'm almost either a, a best a peer, because I'm just another partner, or almost I'm serving them. So, I'm on. so you're right, this hierarchy thing is sometimes very complicated um, in terms of you know who's in charge and everything. Yeah, very interesting.
0: I remember when I was a pupil in chambers uh, being told in no uncertain terms, do not annoy the clerk's room at all. Do not speak to the clerks unless they speak to you between four and six because they are busy and stressed. And, you know, um, my earnings from court, I was paying a percentage into chambers that ultimately paid the clerk's fee. So, th- that, I mean, that it was a very strange situation. So we've already discussed a bit about the different roles that there are in the average set of chambers. So um. we can talk now and move on to how a clerk fits in with those different positions within a chambers
4: yes so within a set of chambers you obviously as bill just said you've got the head of chambers you've then got the senior clerk and then underneath the senior clerk you have um the junior clerks you can have first junior second junior third junior fourth junior or junior clerk however many juniors um, then you obviously have the barristers, um, pupils, not forgetting the fees clerks.
0: In case you, the pupils are basically trainee barristers, aren't they? Just it's yeah. a funny name that we all use.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's correct. So they're um, trainee barristers, um, and they will have their pupil supervisor, which is um, someone that they will shadow um for their first six uh, for the first six months um and then the second six they'll be on their own
0: so there's a real range of roles that we can see there cover all the different levels of work and also the sort of practical aspects like how do you get the money in from um from from legal aid cases or from private cases how do you process that money how do you market the chambers fascinating Okay, well, let's um, look at how the role of a clerk might have changed over time because it's not always been the same, has it?
2: No, I mean, from when I started, it's uh, more of a business now. I mean, it's always been a business, but it was sort of run really by itself, where now you've got all sorts of management structures in place. For example, I mean, the main one is pay. (laughs) Um, If you're being blunt about it, um, years ago, we were all on a, a percentage of Chambers' income. Uh. Um, So um, it's now 99%, I I think, all salaried. Um, But back in the day, you were on a percentage of the income. But barristers knew with the clerks' contacts, the more work you brought into chambers, Mm. they they profited. um, And then the clerk profited. Um, But as some thought clerks were earning too much money, they all put us on a salary. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, you can debate that, whether that's a good thing or not. Um, I'm still not convinced it is, because people just work nine till six and go home if they're on a salary, whereas if you've got people, um, you're earning the percentage out of it, um, then they're more likely to go that extra mile. just human nature. Um, but, yeah, so that's one thing that's definitely changed it, over time. Um, obviously, the, the normal one is the digital stuff, whereby it was all, you know, I used to go up as a young clerk to the DX every morning, pick up all the posts. It's another formal post, DX, Nigel. Um, and you'd enter it all on the system, brief receive for hearing, blah, blah, blah. Now mm. it's all digital. It's all sent over to the clerks via email. So you're not doing all that. You know, you used to see clerks with all these Big trolleys running around the High Court with all the mm-hmm. books, and <laughs> um, them days are largely gone. You do get that occasionally, but them days have gone, so it's changed. There, the basics of clerking I still believe are the same, and that comes down to personal skills, people skills, um, and there's also management committee for everything now, where there wasn't. It was me and the senior clerk in, uh, me and the head of chambers in the day um then they thought it'd be a good idea to have um, management committees for going to the toilet and stuff like that so um you know you can have a meeting every day about the way chambers goes Uh, sometimes for the better sometimes not it's like anything in my humble opinion so there's some of the reasons how how i think it's changed
1: bill can i just ask uh, some things about the committees there is that at all because the scale of things has got bigger or not necessarily or you just think it's become more formalized in general um Two
2: things I would say to that. Um yes, they have chambers have got a lot bigger. When I first started, we had chambers of 20, and that was considered a decent amount. Now it's 80, it's probably, you know, wow. is yeah. a decent amount. So yeah. I suppose structures will have to be put in place. Um, the other thing is barristers want to be important, don't they? So if they get on a management committee, um, they think they can influence stuff to help themselves. So, you know, we're not stupid. <laughs>
0: Oh dear. Um, you spoke there about the different um skills that you think are important for a clerk. Perhaps I can come over to Casey now and just say, you know, what, what skills do you think are important for the role?
4: Um, for this role, I think the most important skills um that you need is just people skills. Really, if I'm honest, um, there is actually an IBC. Um, introduction course to clarking which I did um, when I first started off clarking and that was very helpful. Um, in that course, we learned about the legal and professional environment, um, which just covered the different court systems the legal professional types of roles that we have. Um, it also touched on negotiation and communication skills, which is also needed. And then the work of chambers, including business development, which covers the diary, which as a clerk is the main focus of your of your role.
0: Absolutely. The IBC you mentioned, that's the Institute of Barristers' Clerks. Yes, that that's correct, means? yeah. Okay. And are most clerks a member of this institute?
4: Yes, yeah and when when you're a member, you get your own login and you get um the newsletter, they have events, they have um sports stuff on there. So yes, yeah, like a social club really.
2: Okay, uh, this is quite right in what she said. I'd also say it's our union in effect. um for employment through employment reasons. There are other aspects to it now, but when I first started it was it was our union, it was our place mm. to go to if we ever had any problems or issues. Mm. I mean
3: I think yeah, it's really important the IBC um, at the moment, especially, because as Bill said, you know, clerks aren't running around between courts and things um, all the time now, so having a place where events are kind of planned for you, you know, if there's like Christmas drinks and things like that, um, I'm part of the IBC network team, so you get to meet all other clerks from many different chambers, and that helps out, you know, your relationship with other clerks um in other chambers and things you know because we're always bringing each other asking for help and you know we're really stuck with this mention in person at Woolwich you're in that courtroom can you help me out
2: um
3: and if you're more you know friendly with each other people are more likely to help you out and say oh yeah I'll do you a favour um, which you know especially at the moment because you're not out and about seeing each other delivering papers it's another aspect to actually help you Make
1: friends with other clerks. Yeah, that sense of community, I guess, Poppy, isn't it? As you say, and that sort of support network, which is which is really really helpful when you have any any questions or queries. I suppose. Um, I, I mean, one thing that jumped out at me, Fran, from what the um, case here and Poppy just said there was also, you know, the thing about the influencing, negotiating skills must be enormous as a skill set. I guess in in all the things that Bill, as well as mentioned too.
0: In terms of the networks, I remember when I was in chambers that, especially with some of the, the lower level magistrates court work, sometimes they'd come in from another chambers if another chambers couldn't cover something and we had somebody at that court. So I can really see that that network is is super important. OK, um, let's move on to um, our next question. Uh, chambers, as as Bill said, can be large places with 100 or, or more than 100 barristers. How on earth do you start to manage all the different barristers' practices, which are like mini-businesses, of course? Um, uh, And, Bill, you said earlier about their personalities. Um, How do you do that, making management decisions? There seems to be quite a lot of competing demands that that the three of you have to cope with all the time.
2: Go to the pub a lot. We used to. um, (laughs) That was one way of coping. Um, Yeah, I mean, barristers are, you know, they're glorified actors, aren't they? Let's be honest. So they're all different. Um, We're Marjorie Proops, agony aunts at times when I've had meetings with barristers and they're talking about their personal life. I think I'm splitting up my wife and what should I do? You'd be surprised what you have to deal with. You have other people that wouldn't say but morning to you as you walked in. Uh, You had, you know, other people that want to take you. Um, to Ibiza for, for a weekend on them because of that great case you got them, um, six months ago, which made them a lot of money. So you had emotions running all over the place. Um, I was I just try to not get too excited, stay humble, and basically just treat everyone the same. Um, and if you do that, I always thought it you know it lasted thirty five years. So if you if if you're doing be, trying to be fair um then that would always hold you in good stead um it's human nature that you don't get on with some people you get on with other people but it never affected i'd like to think a professional decision i made of who was right for the, the right case regardless of whether um they were my friend or they weren't my friend uh, whether they liked me or they didn't like me so i just think it's staying humble um, in them situations when you have so many emotions you're looking after so many people and they're all totally different, um, just finding that common ground mm. and being available for them, um, and I just kept it simple.
0: And, of course, the Institute of Barristers' Clark has an ethical code of conduct as well, doesn't it, that um, that clerks abide by, which goes to that point, Bill, that you've said about um, treating everybody equally, all the barristers the same.
2: Definitely. As I say, you had emotions and you had people that you were more friendly with other, but that mm. wouldn't stop them um being given uh, opportunities work-wise even if you you know didn't like them outside of work so much or they didn't like you um you're a professional and it's the right person for the right job um i'd like to think that is um the case um, because it means you're doing your job properly more often than not
1: yeah so there's something there, Bill, I guess, about the object or sorry Fran, it just struck me about the objectivity and almost maintaining, as you say, Bill, with all those different types of reactions you're getting from people and either someone you have a good rapport with, and so you might feel naturally quite close. but it's maintaining that professional distance, professional sense of balance, judgment, fairness, as you say, that becomes, as you say, because yeah, it's it's complicated. It's very complicated. yeah.
0: Poppy and Casey, how do you deal with the different personalities? Oh, let's let's see it from um the the more junior end of the clerk's room.
3: to be honest, um, we don't really deal with it. if anyone's you know got something too serious going on in their personal life, that usually gets directed towards our senior clerk and first junior. Um, but sometimes you know if you answer the phone and you can sense something in their voice, you say, you know what's wrong and sometimes they will just offload on you and you just take that you just deal with it okay you know like not problem we'll sort it out like don't worry um put the phone down then to finish usually i will tell my senior clerk and first junior and just say oh you know he gives them a call because i think something's kind of going a bit wrong or they're just not too happy mm-hmm. um we try try and keep as calm as possible at the end of the day like, that's what we're here for we're here to make no matter what's going on in their personal life their working life should be plain sailing because of us and as you know as kind of smooth as going as possible so
0: yeah and of course there's the issues that happen at court as well don't there you know it's not all personal life it's sometimes having had a terrible rough ride with a particular judge or, or, or opponent in court um, all right, let's talk about the different stakeholders that clerks have to deal with. Um, <laughs> there are so many. Um, can you just give us a bit of a flavour about who they are and how you might manage those different um, conversations and relationships?
2: Right, yeah. So basically, um, to name a few, we've obviously, normal one is the barristers you have in your chambers. Um, obviously, there's obviously clerks in other chambers as well. Clerks in other chambers as Uh, Casey quite rightly said you build relationships with because you need to help one another when um, barristers um, are doing other cases and you can't cover them in chambers if you don't have that rapport with other chambers they're more less reluctant to help you and you still have to find a barrister for that case so building relationships um, with other clerks in other chambers is is very important Um, obviously solicitors are extremely important because they're the ones that send you the work um, so it's important that you keep them happy um, and that you're there for them um, also um, you, you need to attract if possible new new avenues into chambers by so by meeting one solicitor could lead to to another solicitor uh, through contact of them not necessarily you so the solicitors are um, obviously the key stakeholders um, and, and the other one that's mentioned a lot um, which is the people at the court who do the listing. So the listing officers uh, and their support staff, building rapport with them was vital to so when I was um, first junior, not senior clerk, um, and second junior, because it could mean the difference of a barrister earning £100 a day on a mention or whatever sentence and £500 a day when you're getting five cases in the same court or staggered. Um, in different courts at different times, because they might be reserved to particular judges. If you've got that connection with the list officer um, and they do that, it could double your barrister's wages, treble your barrister's wages for the day. Again, if you haven't got that um, rapport, it may not happen. So that's a very important stakeholder for, for clerks to have relationships with listing offices all across the country. Yeah,
3: I'd completely agree with that. I think that's for my job personally at the level I'm at, doing all the lists and, you know, the requests for barrister's cases the next day. Your relationship with the listing officer is really most important for me at the moment. Um, You know, it's even something so simple as knowing their name. A lot of people, you know, you might read other emails from other clerks and they say, dear listings, you know, if you know their first name, like, dear John, hope you've had a good weekend. They're much more likely to help you out and it's just so simple um but yeah exactly as Bill said you know it's so so important and I think sometimes that part of it can potentially be overlooked sometimes
1: I think what we wanted to move on to now Fran was actually thinking about how the role's changing and how to you know what is the future of clerking looking like and are there any major changes that might come about in the future. and Poppy, I don't know if, if there are any, any thoughts you might have have there about things you've noticed.
3: Um, to be honest, as was touched on a bit earlier, I think the basic kind of bare bones of clerking will always remain the same. Yeah, I don't think the job itself is gonna to change too much, really, the major change to it has already happened with you know, digital papers, mm-hmm. that was a massive change. And that was just coming into effect as I started clerking. So I was at the tail end of having to rush to courts to deliver discs and papers. And I only barely had about a year of that. Then when I went to my second set of chambers, it was, oh, it's all on- online. This is easy. This is quite nice. Don't have to, you know, run around all day. Um, but I say at the minute, I can't really envision it changing too much beyond that. It's still very... You know traditional industry. Um but yeah.
1: Yeah. No, thank thank you. And and Casey, are any anything your your dad there about anything you've noticed? Um one thing I, I'm conscious we've just come through the last few years, Casey, as well, is is the whole area of you know COVID and you know remote um you know court closures and, and that aspect. So that was I suppose a practical challenge.
4: Definitely. I mean, I actually started clerking uh, a week before we went into lockdown. Oh my um, gosh, wow. So, so- <laughs> My first year was um I, I learned everything at home. Um wow. remote. Yeah. Which um wasn't easy at all. But yeah, i managed to persevere, um, be at the level that I'm at now, which is good.
1: It's interesting going back to what um what one reads in the press around, you know, backlogs and um because all three of you have highlighted almost what uh, what's come across to me fran today is how complex it is to put all these pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together whether it's you know the sequence of when the cases are going to be held and and the listings uh, and everything or the or when the barristers have a have a gap in their schedule and then you lay on top of that something like covid happening and, and everything needing to shift to a different format i can imagine that that wasn't straightforward either but anyway fran they're the things that struck me
0: yeah you're right it's a jigsaw really and it, it strikes me as a very very complicated high level administrative job with a lot of marketing as well um and 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 skill in um, that's quite unique if you think about it in the legal profession there's really nothing uh, similar to it
1: one aspect we always we always like to um to end on a little bit is this thought of um you know if we were to give our younger self one piece of advice about succeeding in the role what would what would that be Casey I don't know if there's one that comes to mind for you.
4: I would say persevere um I mm-hmm. mean it is not an easy job it is stressful at times um you are um multitasking pretty much <laughs> from nine to six from when you yeah, start yeah. and when you leave um so persevere um and stay calm <laughs> yeah that, that, that's what I would say.
1: Fantastic and Poppy?
3: It's quite hard to kind of nail it down to a specific piece of advice because I think, you know, clerking is very much a personality kind of thing rather than, you know, learning specific skills. Mm-hmm. I feel like kind of the best clerks or the ones that I think, you know, they're really good, they've had a very great career in. It's just their personality and they just kind of slot into it. The things that you need to do just naturally complement your
1: personality type and and bill anything looking back you would have you would have said when you, you were at an early stage and in, in terms of things that you realized
2: later helped you succeed it sounded like poppy was describing me about a great club now i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> well basically i had an ability as, as casey has said was say she mentioned to um um to stay calm at all times and yeah. i had this calmness about me I think, uh, which stood me in good stead. So I didn't get too excited if someone praised me. I didn't get too down if someone knocked my confidence and both do happen. Believe me, as the girls, both girls have said, it's a very stress um, related office, the chambers uh, classroom can be at times. And if you've got the ability to stay calm, that also rubs off on other people, especially when you're a more senior level, you might be, actually under a lot of pressure but not portraying it onto your work colleagues you know the junior clerks around you um a is an ability and it beats it, it they look at you as if to say yeah this guy is handling it with um you know a bit of uh, humble humbleness and, and dignity so you know you get your knocks you get a lot of knocks and you get um some credits as well and i don't get too excited or too down just stay calm at all times don't you know And you won't go far wrong and stay humble as you grow up the the ladder and you progress in your life. If you stay humble at all times, I think you've got a good career ahead of you, like I had.
0: Good lesson for all of us to take away at work. Stay calm and stressful times, I (laughs) think. Brilliant. Well, look, we like to leave our listeners with two actions, practical actions that they can do at the end of each episode. And I've been sitting here thinking um, about it. One action to take away, I would say, is if our listeners want to uh, pick a A set of barristers chambers and go on their website and have a look at the different profiles of the different clerks. Some websites might call the the titles of the clerks something different, uh, but generally speaking, you'll see that same structure and read a little bit about the different clerks and what their roles are. Um, and the second action that I was thinking of, Nigel, is the Institute of Barristers' Clerks has a great website. And on that website, you can see their code of conduct, uh, which is quite interesting and talks about that point that Bill made earlier about treating all the barristers in the same way and fairly. So I'd encourage our listeners to go on and have a look at that code of conduct that can be downloaded. Um, And it's not particularly long. (laughs) So great. Well, I think that probably brings this episode to, to a wrap. Don't forget that Reimagine Law has social media sites. You can follow us on LinkedIn. You can leave comments and feedback for us on our website. That leaves me with nothing more to do today uh, other than to thank Nigel for co-hosting and of course to our three wonderful guests, uh, Bill, Kasia and Poppy. Thank you so much for your insights and thank you for listening.